Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Today in Town Packers podcast. My name is Griffin. You can follow me on Instagram at AllDayPackers, and I'm joined by my good friend, Braun, who you can follow on Instagram at Lambo.Leapers, and we're coming back to you with another podcast back over the phone, sadly, in separate states, no longer in person, but we're here to uh, do the thing that we do. Braun, how are you? I'm good, Griff. Everybody seems to just be awaiting an eventual, possible, maybe, likely, probable, could be <laughs> Stop. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> An Aaron Rodgers trade is going to happen. We're not going to sit here and <laughs> get into the theories, although I'm sure you've thought them up, Braun. How deep are you into these theories about Rodgers? Not really. I've been more. It's been more sadness and more grieving. I, I if have anything. to say, I've been impressed with your ability to not, you know, buy into these <laughs> these thoughts about Rodgers potentially being the quarterback again. But he well, is still it, a Packers yeah. quarterback. That trade is yet to happen. That's the one positive. He is still our quarterback. Which is nice. He to is even still be able on the depth say. chart. He's still on the roster. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers nice is a Green yeah. Bay Packer. Yeah, it's nice to still be able to post about him once we, in a blue. Or yeah, make, right. Uh, We've got to save you know, these days. He is still our quarterback. So, I mean, the one thing I will say is for people that want him back, obviously, and everything, it's so unlikely. So, so, so unlikely. In fact, it's almost guaranteed to not happen. But when he, when Brian Gutekunst was asked about it, he didn't shut it down at all. He just said, you know, basically if the Jets can't pay up, he said the ball is in the Jets' court. And I think the the major thing we'll talk about is probably the compensation stuff that we're going to get into. But the ball is in the Jets' court were kind of his words exactly. And when you look at it from that standpoint, if the Jets don't make that move to, to kind of satisfy whatever demands Brian has, then it gets into the conversation of, well, they're not going to just give him away. And I, I think then... They're that's not going when it to. Gets, they can't. They can't do that's, that. That's exactly, and that's when it becomes unpredictable. That's as far as I'll go to say. I think then, if Rodgers is on the roster, things become unpredictable. So that's that's pretty much the extent I'll go to, and, and I'm not thinking about anything beyond that, really. Right now, the focus is just on, I mean, we aren't, it's kind of tough because we have added nothing. This is like the second year in a row where we've gotten undeniably, unequivocally worse from a football club standpoint, we have nothing. <laughs> from a from a talent standpoint, <laughs> added, we just have not added anything. So it's basically the development of the guys that we brought in last year as rookies, and uh, if we get another Sammy Watkins or two, we'll see. But that's about it. You mean the Sammy Watkins type, not exactly Sammy Watkins, right? Because no, I think we should bring him back. <laughs> He's a free agent. <laughs> Um, no, obviously the type, of course. We yeah, are yeah, they're, they're probably going to do gonna that. Go I that mean, road. The receiver room right now, we're going to get into all that stuff, what this season's going to look like. If not today, then at some point this offseason. But first of all, I'm so glad we weren't recording podcasts during the weeks where everyone could not talk about anything except who has more leverage, the Packers or the Jets. That is a conversation I got so sick of. Um, and, and people are kind of over that now. Now they're talking about Jordy Nelson and Jimmy Graham. And people are bored, man. People are really bored. This trade hasn't happened yet. Everyone's just kind of waiting. Right. And I will say there's there's something positive to the whole idea of, like, this has been in the works, in conversation, in talks amongst fans and others. This trade or this divorce, if you will, I hate to use that word, but, like, no, this is Rodgers. Getting, this is getting to be a divorce, bro. It's getting ugly out there. <laughs> It, well, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, yeah, it is. But Aaron Rodgers leaving Green Bay has been in either the back or the forefront of everybody's mind for the last three years. And finally now this is occurring, but even still. I was just thinking about this, though. 
I, I live in Green Bay, right? And there are some people who live in Green Bay who aren't, you know, major Packer fans. They just, you know, they know what's going on with the team because they live here. And I, I was thinking about earlier today, they probably don't even realize that Rodgers is going to be traded. Would they even care? Because for the last three years, it has been people saying, yeah, Rodgers is leaving. So now this year, because now, like, Rodgers is definitely leaving this offseason. But to these casual fans, if you will... That means nothing more than what it did last offseason or the offseason before because th- both of those offseasons also, people were telling them that Rodgers is leaving. And it's still not official, so I don't think that those people are going to care or even hear about it until that trade does actually go down. That was just a quick, quick thought I had because you were talking about how this trade really doesn't sting as much as it would have if we haven't been <laughs> previewed this uh, this potential possibility. Yeah, we so for me, it's been much less like it, when the, when Devonte got traded. I think I've said this before, but when Devonte got traded, it was shock, it was anger, it was just out of the blue. Nobody and we had confusion. everybody saying a lot of yes, confusion, a lot of confusion, and we everybody didn't know how was to saying feel. it. We didn't know how to feel, and everybody was saying that this was not happening, and then all of a sudden it happened. And I look at my phone, <laughs> and then I look at Griff, and it just. I was we just traded Devonte. <laughs> in my exact words, that that's will forever a, go down in history. That's a memory stored in my brain that will I will never get rid of. It's a but memory it, it's I cherish. It's not going to be like ways. that. It's it is a cherishable memory because we were there together, old pal. Yeah, but old uh, pal, that that was better than the Rogers the the day Rogers won a McAfee. <laughs> that was just <laughs> that was depression. Really, we didn't have time. We, to joke. It was just uh, it was just such a sadness state because. When I said it was over when we traded Devontae, now it's really over. With Aaron being out of the picture, it is really over. But I will say this, too. This still hasn't happened. And we've been living in this, kind of living in the death of of Aaron Rodgers' Packers career for three years, basically. I would say it was in the back of everyone's mind when Jordan Love was drafted and in the forefront of everyone's mind the next year and the year after that. That was the first time I'd ever thought about anyone other than Rodgers suiting up for this team. Or at least even put the possibility in your mind, right? Because it just right. wasn't the case. And, it, and it, as he puts it so eloquently, it was the first time when that pick occurred, that was the first time where his career in Green Bay was pretty much out of his control and out of his hands. So we've been living in this for a while. So the stinging is not there. The shock is certainly not there, right? None of this is shocking because we've been hearing about it for so long, the idea of it at least. And we were right two out of three times, Griff. And because of that, we thought he was going to be back in 2023. And we were two for three. He's not coming back, but we had every right to believe that because they just signed him to a three-year extension a year prior on the date of when he said he intends to play for the New York Jets. So, look. How fitting. How fitting, right? But also, we had every reason to believe he was going to be the quarterback for not only in 2022, but beyond because A, Brian Gutekunst said it, B, Aaron Rodgers said it, and C, we said it. And the oh third one matters you more. Think Aaron, I think Aaron's going to write a book one day. And I, the third one matters more, yeah. I think in Aaron's autobiography one day, or biography maybe, um, we're going to get a lot of details about what happened this season because literally what changed? We go from less than a year ago, Rodgers saying he's definitely a Packer for life, definitely going to re- retire a Packer. Goody constantly saying, even throughout this season, even throughout 2022, Goody is saying that he is going to be a Packer this year, next year, and beyond, you know? What happened? So weird. But I guess we can kind of get into some uh, details that we have now that we didn't the last time we spoke. Brian Gutekunst spoke at the owners' meeting, I believe. Um 
Rodgers was obviously on McAfee. Haven't heard from Rodgers since then. But Gutekunst gave some interesting, uh, interesting quotes, his side of the story, I guess. So Rodgers, to simplify it, I guess, Rodgers made it seem like the Packers told him they wanted him back, right? They told him, hey, take your time. If you want to retire, that's fine. But if you want to come back, doors open. You know, we're always going to love to have you. Um, they told him that, then he goes on the darkness retreat, does his whatever, you know, and then he hears from around the league, supposedly, he says players mostly, that they are shopping him, that they are taking trade inquiries. Um, Brian Gutekunst was asked about this, of course, and he said that they tried to reach Rogers several, several times, but he would just not pick up the phone. Braun, you said yesterday, maybe, maybe they tried to call him when he was in the darkness. <laughs> maybe they just tried to reach him in a five-day window when he was literally disconnected from all of reality. Maybe that's what happened. But Braun, what are your thoughts on what Goody had to say the other day? I just don't buy a lot of it because, again, he's talking about the same way he kind of talked about after Devontae left, saying that it came down to Devontae wanting to leave, and it wasn't that. Devontae wanted to be a Packer for life, too. He wanted to remain a Packer. That's always been his goal, going into the whole thing. Then they offered him less than DeAndre Hopkins was making, and by a good portion also, they and then that that was the respect factor that he felt like he wasn't getting. The Raiders were willing to give him that. Then even if they truly did, which I don't even know if this is true or not, but even if they did match whatever the Raiders were offering at that point, Devontae had been, he had, they, the respect was already lost from the Packers to Devontae, and then Devontae no longer had respect for the process or negotiating in good faith. And it probably didn't matter that they at one point were, if they did, like I said, if that offer was submitted, an offer that matched whatever the Raiders were willing to pay, it probably didn't matter at that point because then they just weren't negotiating in good faith with the player and the man who is not only the best receiver in the NFL, he has done so much for the organization and been a part of so many great memories and one of the biggest parts of why we won football games over the years. And that was, again, that's one of many instances where they just do wrong by many players, people, fans, the way they operate, and it's just not its not uh, abnormal, but it happened at the largest scale where they've lost now two Hall of Famers in consecutive off-seasons, they've gotten worse in consecutive off-seasons, and then they fail to acquire any great talent when they need it most over to, to get over the hump and try to win Super Bowls. So it's just a collection of just mistakes, poor communication, and... and poor people management and, and the ability to work with people that, to me, is, is why I just don't buy anything Brian says about what, what's gone on with Aaron and, and all together. Yeah, Brian is known... I mean, I feel like everyone knows that Brian is never going to say anything more than he has to say. He said that he would have preferred if Rodgers had conversations with him instead of the media because that's kind of how he operates, right? It's how everyone in the Packers organization operates. They, Mark Murphy never talks to the media unless he has to. Same with Goody. LaFleur talks to the media and doesn't say anything. You never Mark Murphy, he gets on the mic. When he finally gets on the mic, he is guaranteed to say at least three stupid <laughs> things. When he gets on that microphone. He's got a bingo card of idiotic things to say. He's we got a big old we mouth. We would love when to have him back if that's the way we wanted it to not happen. <laughs> what is he saying, bro? 
Colin Rogers, uh, complicated fella. Mark Murphy, there's a reason he stays away from the microphone and a camera and uh, makes, <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Goody, on the other hand, is actually very well spoken. And, you know, it feels like Goody, when he speaks, he knows what he's saying, you know. Um, we were talking yesterday, Braun. Do we think Goody's like this calculated individual behind closed doors? I don't think so. He doesn't give me that impression. See, I, I feel like he's a really nice guy, but the Packers, ultimately, they are a business and they operate that way, just like well, the New England Patriots. Well, it tells you, from a, from a calculation standpoint, to give Aaron Rodgers this massive largest contract in NFL history three-year deal to the quarterback and then to move on from him and to move on from him 365 days later I mean just what an idiot is these the only words <laughs> I have you say. again oh I would love we talk about Aaron's darkness retreat I I truly think and I'll say this again for the second time on this show I think we should have Brian for, for To understand what Aaron was doing and, and what he was going through, I think Brian should go on his own darkness retreat, except we should have Aaron, we should have Aaron lead it, and then we can have Aaron be the one that, you know, they, he blows, Brian blows the candle out, the lights go dark, and then Aaron locks that door, and then Aaron throws away the key, and then we'll see what happens. <laughs> Goody. Goody in a darkness retreat, that would be that would be funny. I, I always like to imagine Goody and Aaron talking to each other, like man to man. Like what's that like? What are they talking about? <laughs> Does Aaron have any respect for Brian? <laughs> I don't think so, dude. We were talking about this being a divorce. Like this is getting ugly, bro. They're both talking about each other, but not to each other, just about well, each other. And so early it was so early in Brian's tenure when he cut Jordy Nelson. And I know for a oh, fact yeah. also, I mean, you know that at this point, Aaron would have wanted Elliot Wolf like many others did in the organization. And so that, that's another point where you go, Mark Murphy is a lot of the reason to blame for some of the things that have gone on. It's Mark and it's Brian, I think mostly, right? And then there's LaFleur aspects of it too that have all just led into Aaron not having as much control over his own job as he would like and just things going outside of his control that just... You, you know, know they funny. start to pile up. I was stalking my own Instagram today, you know, as you do. Um, and I got down to this time, 2018. So five years ago, the, the 2018 offseason. You know, this is Goody's first year. This is when we traded Demarius Randall for Deshaun Kaiser. That offseason. Cut Jordy Nelson also. Another great and, move. And uh, I found... Yeah, I found a quote that I posted for whatever reason. I don't know why I would post a quote from a journalist or a columnist, but I posted a Tom Silverstein quote talking about in 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 the caption of the post i had a lengthier excerpt of his column and tom was talking about how rogers has clear made it so clear that he's frustrated by his lack of input and uh it, tom was arguing that he shouldn't have any input because it's not his job whatever you know but the point is that it's crazy that this goes back that far i don't remember these discussions being had in 2018 but they definitely were and the cutting of jordy nelson has never been something that rogers you know, took lightly. He, he he posted on Instagram for Jordy. I don't think he's posted on Instagram for Cobb or Clay. He posted for Jordy. Yeah, well, Jordy was his probably, when you look at it, before Devontae came along, that was probably the best player on offense that Aaron's ever played with and maybe I just realized best here we are talking about Jordy Nelson. <laughs> this is so funny. I mean, it's all, Why it's is Jordy just Nelson the, back in the public eye all of a sudden? Well, it's just one of the bigger factors as to why I think things got off on the wrong foot with when Brian was brought in. Then obviously they fire Mike, and I don't know how much of that had Aaron Aaron had to do with or wanted, but I know that if Aaron was going to have Mike go, it was going to have to be a conversation that he would be a part of, whoever was brought in next, and then that wasn't the case. 
he had no problems with Matt or whatever, right, at the time and, and going forward. They had a great relationship, but I'm sure he would have liked to have been a part of, you know, what scheme am I going to run as the quarterback of this football team or, or what kind of guy – are you going to bring in a guy that's not much older than me? That kind of conversation. like like Yeah, and this is – Aaron is the crafter of the offense regardless of what the scheme is. He's going to be – Even with LeFleur's scheme, yeah, Rogers yes, still had got, so much Aaron, input. Aaron has to – I mean, the way Aaron plays – to utilize his talents best and to get the MVP seasons that we've been getting from the for the last several years, he, he has to kind of do it how he does it. Otherwise, you're going to misuse him as a quarterback and, and limit what we can do from an offensive standpoint. So to have everything that Matt brought, it didn't really matter unless Aaron was willing to gel with it, and they kind of took a risk not letting Aaron be a part of the conversation with the head coach. So again, just it's a million things you could look to and I, there's, there's this is all going to be in Aaron's book one day, man. This is I would hope be in so. Book. But this was this is one of those things where there's ones there's ideas and conversations about things that Aaron didn't like that are widely known, and then there's things that that I've thought of and others maybe have thought of that are probably not as much thought about. And I think one of those things is the fact that they hired Elliot. They didn't hire Elliot Wolf, and they hired Brian, and then Brian cuts Jordy Nelson. And then things just fell apart from there. Then they draft Jordan Love so quickly after after the great 2019 free agency signings where they thought, okay, this is going to be a different look. In free agency, we are going to be making moves, and this isn't Ted Thompson anymore. And then that, went, that, was, that was it. That was really the it. That was the end. God, I hated that draft pick, man. I hated that draft pick. And people call us biased all the time, but... In reality, in reality, we are biased because we disagreed with that pick in 2020. And so obviously, why did we disagree with that pick? Not because they drafted a quarterback. There's no problem with drafting a quarterback. And not because, because we didn't like Jordan. And not because we didn't think Jordan could be no, good I or think anything it, like that. For me, it was part of that I didn't like Jordan. I didn't think Jordan was worthy of trading up for in the first round given that the team the the, the team's status you know the roster well yeah obviously that's, that's and everyone kept comparing point. it to Aaron Rodgers at the time everyone was like oh they drafted Rodgers in 2005 and everyone hated it back then yeah Rodgers was projected to go number one overall this was more of a right Jordan yeah. was not exactly that same thing well it was and a I've project I've Jordan that's, as a player it was I've a never project loved him as a project or a prospect you know <laughs> and so that's why we are biased because you agree with me there too and so now we're going into 2023 where Jordan's going to be the starter. Yeah, I still don't think I don't think he's going to be that good of a quarterback because that's I'm kind of sticking to my priors and also I haven't seen much that makes me rethink that or evaluate my own thought process there. So yeah, we are a little bit biased in that way, but I I think that 2020 draft pick the 2020 class all around was really rough, but the 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 drafting of Jordan Love you know, if someone writes a book about the divorce, just about the divorce, that is going to be the first chapter. That's going to be the the pivotal moment in the Rogers and Gutekunst relationship because, I mean, that soured everything. Looking back on it, I people were cheering at the time. People loved that pick at the time, and I don't think they were big Jordan Love fans. I'm just going to say it. I don't think anyone out there really loved Jordan Love. I think it was more about pushing Rogers out, defending well, They loved Goody. They loved Goody. Goody. All, all praise Goody. And look, I don't hate Goody. I don't hate Goody. I particularly find Goody. him to be, like we said, he's well-spoken, and he is his I process, he's I think. a really is, good guy. Yes. I think he's I an think OKGM, too. And some of his process, I think, is strong from like a player evaluation 
player acquisition, the idea that you want to be, if, if you're not winning the deal or winning the signing, then you don't do it. There's like positives to what he does, but the mistakes pile up, the errors pile up, the, the, just the, the things we hear, you know, they start to pile up and the conversations continue about their, their people skills and they have a people problem. And Aaron was the first one to truly bring that to light, but it's not the first time we've said, what is this? Why would they cut Jordy Nelson and then sign Jimmy Graham to replace him and pay him $10 and million. pay him more than right. what Jordy got. Than what Jordy was even scheduled to make, I think, right? And it's just like, again, then they do it to Randall and they and then Clay, and Clay is let walk, and even though he wanted to come back, and when he sacrificed his own stats and his own ability, when he went and played middle linebacker in that one season, when he, he's a pass rusher. So he's not getting the sacks and the probably any escalators that he would have gotten, right? He's playing a position he doesn't play and did it at a Pro Bowl level. And and then they cut him, what, a year or two later? or Well, he, he was let walk a year or two later when he wanted to stay and was open to coming back and wanted to come back. It's just like they, they don't treat these guys who are very loyal to the organization with anything close to the same loyalty. And it's a business, right? We all know. But I think... If you do right by the people that do right by you, it is going to work out for you in the end. And that's just the way that's the way it is. There's a reason that when th- these guys like like Robert Sala with Matt LaFleur and Sean McVay with Matt LaFleur and Kyle Shanahan, those guys will stand on the table. And they did. They stood on the table for Matt LaFleur, hire this guy. And then they're quality control coaches at the time. They're assistant coaches, they're even if they're offensive coordinators. They're saying bring Matt Lafleur in. He's a great guy. He's and and they're friends. That's putting doing something like that where if you stand on the table for somebody, you're putting your own job on the line if it doesn't go well. If that guy comes in and flops, if he is late to work every day, or if he doesn't do his job well and makes a lot of mistakes, that reflects on you. But when it works out, it, it when when you do the right thing by somebody, when it's about the people for you and you do the right thing by that person, it, it reflects so well on, on your character, and then it comes out heavily in how your process becomes winning football games and having success on the football field and in life in general. So when Brian Gutekunst chooses the maybe the monetary, the bottom line thing to do that benefits the organization over doing right by people that he's probably gotten close to, and he's probably ruined relationships over some of the ways he's him and, and everybody in that organization that deals with players has has operated, including Aaron Rodgers is the biggest example of that. The way that relationship could never really get off the off the ground, and and when it did, when they had a decent relationship, it's probably now gone and soured, and, and that's just that's that's the, that's part of the reason why I think they haven't won in a while, and I think a lot of that has to do with everything that Aaron's been talking about and. and to sum it all up, I just think their their process with people has kept them from winning, and it's also hurt fans, hurt some of the players that have dedicated their lives to being a Green Bay Packer, including the one that exemplifies being a Green Bay Packer more than any other player, and that's Aaron Rodgers. His treatment of the people has never... It's never really frustrated me as much as it's frustrated you, Bron, and Rodgers, <laughs> obviously. Um because I, I do think that there's some truth in the fact that this is a business. And, you know, if you have if you have ideas as a general manager, you were hired for a reason, you know. Especially in 2018, Brian Gutekunst, he was hired as the general manager. If he has 
ideas of cutting Jordy Nelson and getting younger at any position. He has free will to do so, and, and we can only judge these decisions based on how they turn out. And he has turned out, a lot of those decisions have not turned out well when you look at Casey Hayward, and that's obviously not Goody, but it, it's an organizational thing, right? And Casey Hayward, Micah Hyde, Clay Matthews, Jordy Nelson, a lot of these guys you can argue that the team would have been better off if they would have stuck around. But the things that frustrate me the most about Goody are the business decisions because I don't, I don't know how well he's running this business when you look at his inactivity at the trade deadline, when you look at his inability to address the wide, re- the wide receiver position year after, after year after year. Um, there are things that frustrate me about Brian Gutekinds. This is another interesting conversation, Bron. It goes back to the Rodgers trade. I am perfectly fine, to be completely honest, I am perfectly fine with waiting this out until after the draft because it helps the cap hit if we were to trade him after June 1st, Rodgers that is. And I would rather have 2024 draft picks than 2023 draft picks. Why do I say that? Because, well, first of all, the value is going to be higher because the Jets are going to give us more picks in 2024 than they would have given us in 2023. That's just how the league works. Picks are worth more the sooner that the draft is, you know. And also, the cap hit, like I said, and I don't think this team is going to be good in 2023. So I don't think that a draft pick this year versus next year matters all that much. And one other thing that I saw on Twitter, can't remember who tweeted this, I wish I did, but what if Jordan Love sucks and we have multiple first-round picks next year to trade up for Caleb Williams? Ron, your favorite theory, your favorite theory about what to do after Rodgers. Well, if Love sucks, they can just get Caleb Williams. Yeah, well, here's, again, I, I will counter that with, I would rather have the guaranteed 13th pick than the possibility that Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets and wins the Super Bowl, and I don't care what draft class there's, there is, I don't, get, I don't care. They're going to have the 32nd pick, right, at that point. And that's our pick. Great. Now we have pick number 32 because our quarterback won a Super Bowl somewhere else and we paid him to do it. So I'm frankly not interested in <laughs> well, that. Well, that's if he wins the Super Bowl. And that's, well, look, I mean, the way they're assembling that roster, they've got a lot of talent and they're about to bring they in OBJ. They signed Alan Lazard. <laughs> but they're about to bring in OBJ. They already have Garrett Wilson, and they've got other guys as well. So, I mean, and, no, and the Jets are going to be good this year. They'll if, probably draft the one Packers... first round. Alan Lazard is your wide receiver four. We always say you're three or four. That's a great player <laughs> He's right back there. at it. Back at it again. Um, imagine we're at, in, like, November, and the Packers are 2-10, and 10 and the Jets are, like, the number one seed in the AFC. It's going to be so hard not what to What a difficult them, year it will be. That <laughs> it's going to be, be hard, bro. And then that's when the conversation is like, well, you made the wrong decision, Gutenboonst. No, I'm not going <laughs> to We have to say, we have, uh, Ron has been collecting comments on Instagram of what people call Gutenboonst. And there are some <laughs> some creative ways for people to say this guy's name. I've gotten Gutenberg, someone's called him today. Gut wrench. We got today. Gut wrench. That's a good one. I, I, there was there was a few I sent you just today. I, every time I get a new one, I'll send it to Griff. Oh, it's crazy. They just, they just keep coming. I don't know what that one was. <laughs> I don't that? know. People keep coming up with new ways to insult this man. And my favorite of know. all time, my favorite of all time, is when the Packers on the day of the draft in 2021, when Rodgers came out saying he didn't want to play for us anymore. Or Schefter came out, I guess. But anyways, the Packers posted on Instagram, because it was draft day, a picture of LaFleur, Goody, and Mark Murphy, and someone commented, the Three Stooges. <laughs> Every time I even think about that, it just cracks me up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Those three. Uh, what were we even talking about here? The draft, something about trading Rodgers. 
I said something about Gutenberg. Uh, oh no, we were talking about we were talking about rooting for Rodgers on the Jets. How it's going to be hard not to. And I have to say that my it's my just going to be hard to be a Packers fan because oh, I was saying. Uh, gut wrench is going to be fired, or the conversation would get started there, and not that yeah, he would right, be fired. Yeah. Murphy's not firing. I don't care what Love does. I just, I again, we had this conversation. And I was saying, you know, emotionally, I was saying that everybody's going to be fired, but I, it probably won't happen because they're 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 going to give Love a leash of a. They're no, going to give him the longest say? leash. We, we have to temper our expectations. I believe were Lafleur's words. Yeah, Lafleur. Well, Lafleur said, if you think he's going to come out and play like Aaron Rodgers, you're foolish. You're fooling yourselves. Well, good so. thing we're moving on from. <laughs> good thing every good thing every Packers fan is expecting Jordan Love to be a Hall of Famer. No, for real, yeah. Has Lafleur been on Twitter because he's got some more preaching to do about that? But I was saying that my grandmother is the biggest. You know, she loves the Packers, bleeds green and yellow, but she loves Brett Favre. Also, he was her favorite quarterback, and she bought a Vikings Brett Favre jersey. She's never worn it, and she said she would only wear it if they went to the Super Bowl that year that she bought it. They did not go to the Super Bowl, and she has never worn it. I don't think it's unwrapped. I, I remember seeing it in, uh, in wrapped in plastic. So she what has kind one. Of jersey got wrapped thoughts? in plastic. This is an old jersey. It might be a, one of the jerseys. <laughs> I can say that. Bron, would you ever buy a uh, uh, Rogers Jets jersey? I would not because again I am a Packers fan for those who don't know but wow. I would I would what I would do is when Packers jerseys of Aaron Rodgers jerseys go on sale after he does get traded I will be purchasing <laughs> one of their finest Aaron Rodgers jerseys Yeah I will be buying a Stitch jersey as well Yes. We'll have to go down to the pro shop this summer see what that's yes, about Yes absolutely Remember last summer I was saying I was going to buy a stitched Romeo jersey didn't have them No but Maybe this summer Maybe, because he's going to be a big factor. <laughs> he went last summer. He was just a fourth round pick. This summer, he's going to be a second year player coming off a four hundred yard season. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> now we're talking. Wide All receiver two. We have a lot of talent. But, I mean, this <laughs> this is all so frustrating when you look around this team because the lack of receiving talent at tight end and receiver. I mean, good God, they are setting Jordan Love up to fail, aren't they? That's well. Oh, that's my point. That's what I said last show. They're setting him up to fail. They have nothing around. They have less around him somehow than we had with Aaron last year. And Aaron couldn't win MVP. And Aaron didn't win MVP, so they they cut him. They're trading him. (laughs) What are they doing? What are they going to do to Jordan when he fails? Are they going to cut him this year? You know how hard it is to evaluate quarterback play in a bad system in a bad environment. You can't do it. That's why the Bears are going to keep playing Justin Fields, even though he looked mostly bad last year, because you can't evaluate a quarterback in a bad system. You can't do it. And what are we going to get in 2023 from Jordan? Uh, And my other thing is, like, are we going to get anything that makes us feel one way or another? I don't think so. I think uh, it's going to be like Daniel Jones. And then we're going to be like, well, we need another year to see, and then we have to hope he steps up after, and this will be year five. I don't, I really, uh, everybody's going to baby Jordan Love like we all know. And I understand, but I also don't understand because he sat behind the world's greatest quarterback for three seasons, okay? And again, I will point to this. Aaron Rodgers' first touchdown pass to Corey Hall, we you saw the brilliance that he could be, the potential of what he could be. We need to see potential of elite quarterback play this year from Jordan Love. That's my only bar. We need to see premier throws. We need to see the ball flying that out of his hand. That was my bar against Kansas City two years ago 
when Rodgers had COVID. Just show us my you ball. have the ability. But no. Like, exactly. Show us show us there's something here that's going to make us invest. To in build it, on, you know? yes. I, I, think, I think the front office honestly believes that they saw that in Philly. The way they talk about that game, good God, you would think it was... He threw the ball you nine times. You think he times. played all four quarters, first of all. <laughs> I believe he threw the ball nine times. He dropped back 11 times. Yeah. So, I don't, don't no, take my look, word for that. that but He's he, PFF's highest-graded Packers quarterback this year. Or last year, I guess. So Yeah, minimum 20 attempts. <laughs> yep. So, I, again, I will say, I, I just... We can even go back to the pick conversation about whether you want him this year or next year. I, I think... Look, I don't. If they don't get a first round pick again, if they don't get a straight guaranteed first round pick, no conditions. What a failure from the organization! <laughs> Just an absolute pathetic failure that would be. And that's why I say get it this year because you're not going to get the Jets aren't going to be any better than the 13th pick. They're 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 not going to get a better pick than the 13th pick next year. They're going to have Aaron Rodgers, right? So and that's and that's next year as well. I I think you can still get a top talent player at the thirteenth pick. That's my point, really. I I don't think there's any upside to getting and relying on picks next year when the Jets are probably going to be one of the top teams in the league and they're going to probably make the playoffs. Like these things, it, that I don't. I would rather have the first this year and forget and worry about everything else later. I, I want to get these picks now. You start to build your roster quicker when you get these guys on the team helping out, and, you, and we have no reason to not put them into play right away and, and have them grow and learn, especially if it's a guy like a receiver because we need receiving talent or a tight end because we need players at that position unless you want Josiah DeGuara logging the majority of the snaps. Or Tyler Davis, who had uh, quiet four drops last preseason. So quiet four drops. Yeah. So I, look, I just again, I don't know. I want the picks no, the now. Tight end room is in shambles right now. We're our life is in shambles. <laughs> Everything's in shambles. This offense is in shambles, bro. Look around. Oh my god. I mean, we've got the running backs. Look to your left is... and look to your right in that locker room, and whole lot of nothing. Not much, dude. Really, not much. Longest we've got our hero, right Christian now, Watson. Christian Watson, David, Elton. Watson's got to be great. Watson has That's... to be Devontae, or we're in trouble. And I think Goody is really counting on that because... I think he's counting yeah. on Romeo, too, to be Devontae. They're looking for Devontae Adams from and a second and Bo Melton. Probably I Bo love Melton. Bo. Bo is coming you do to... love Bo. Bo is coming to play this year. He's, he's going to he be is. on that squad. <laughs> I love yeah. Bo. Yeah, but outside of those in Samari Torre, of course, there is... Uh, literally zero position. We just named our entire Jeff Cotton. That's one. Chad Gugemos. <laughs> yeah, the tight end. Chad Gugemos. Who We've is got he? A lot I don't of players know. On this team, I don't know who these people are, man. <laughs> oh my god, we don't know who they Where's are. Devontae Adams. Man. Where's Sedarius Smith? Ah, uh, we have. We're missing. A lot of guys that we're relying on, we're not players. bringing back Crosby. And, I like, mean, people talk about the defense. We have players on defense, of course, but it's coordinated by Joe Barry. I don't love that. I don't even see, like that. See, this is where I it comes that. again. We've got everybody who we can pick. All these leaders on our football team are just left and right making decisions that everybody's questioning, and it seems like they're the only people on the planet who are on the side of, of their side making those decisions. 
Let, yeah, let's keep Joe Barry after the horrendous seasons we've suffered and the collapses <laughs> we've had. And, and the fact that Matt LaFleur is having to make defensive play calls for Joe Barry and, and have Dude, to the and way we're having LaFleur our players talks about make Barry, the game plan. The way LaFleur talks about Barry, you would have no idea that he has to adjust so many things on defense every week. You would think I, that Joe Barry and him are best friends. I don't know what it is, but Jair says to the coach, and he's saying we got to play more aggressive or whatever, and then we start playing more aggressive, and everybody's like, wow, the defense is good again. We should keep Joe Barry. They gave that up after two weeks about. Yeah, so again, I look, I, everything that we've done was like not Joe Barry's intention. I feel like everything we've done was like people pushing him so long to do yeah, something a different way. Yeah, he stumbled into it. It was like, yeah. oh, this kind of works well. <laughs> That's what it feels like. And now and we're getting him we credit about, for it. Everybody talks about how Jerry Gray was the biggest proponent of exactly. why we were playing That's more aggressively. In, in last, last season, throughout the season, we kept saying that, have you ever heard a player give a quote about Joe Barry? Because I've heard none of these players say anything nice about Joe Barry, it feels like. We had Rudy Ford on the show about two months ago, and we asked him, we kind of gave him a softball. We really set this one up on the tee for him. We said, what does Joe Barry do so well? What, how does he help you as a defensive player? And he, like, didn't know what to say. It sounded like, bro. He was like, yeah, you know, Joe, he's always getting us in good spots, you know. But Jerry Gray. And then he goes on about Jerry Gray. <laughs> I look at, we're on mute on FaceTime, bro. And I'm looking at you with my mouth. Like, are you kidding me, bro? He can't even talk about Joe Barry for five seconds. What does he do? What does Joe Barry do in the meeting room? Does he motivate players? Like, does he? Who's I mean, he motivating? What kind of leader is he? Also, Jerry Gray's no longer with us, and I say that not exactly. because he's dead, because he's not. He's not on the football team. I, I made that sound <laughs> like he died, but no, he he's is no, no longer, longer there. With us. He's in a better place. <laughs> Every player's favorite coach is now gone, but yeah, good old Joe well, Barry, he's here to stay. Yeah. So again, and you know that brings me to another quick tie-in point. It seems like, look, Aaron wanted influence with the way we acquired players, or he just wanted to be a part of the conversation. And they brought in Randall Cobb and didn't do anything for him after that. He wanted Stefan Gilmore. They brought in somebody else. It worked out, but that was that's just another example. So, yeah. He wanted OBJ. They brought in Sammy Watkins. He, and he wanted OBJ <laughs> again, and then they didn't do it then either. And it's just like anytime we want guys or Aaron wants, you know, you know Aaron would want another. He would never go against the idea of adding more talent at the receiver position, right? They yeah, never he basically did it. said after the season that they didn't have enough. And well, he's been saying that, right? And they never did it. And so, like I said, they they bring in Randall Cobb and do nothing after that for Aaron, and, and they don't bring in guys that he would want. But every other week, we are bringing in a player for Rich Bisaccia and the special teams unit, oh as if my Rich Bisaccia. No one has more input than Rich Bisaccia. Rich Bisaccia has been there for a year now, not even. And he's already brought in more players than Aaron has had any conversation about being brought in, guys that would help him do his job. And I get it. The special teams is helping Aaron. Obviously, having a better special teams is helping the offense and helping the defense. But helping Aaron do his job, they, they've they never made it easier on Aaron doing to do his job. In fact, they've made it more difficult by going out of their way to not acquire talent at the receiver position, the tight end position, and even at times offensive line, relying on the idea you can have sixth-round picks come in and start every year. And that's just the way they do things, and it's worked in a lot of cases, and it's also not worked in a lot of cases. But they do it that way for whatever reason, and, and they've left Aaron hanging out to dry. 
in, on many occasions, and that's just one of them, where he thought he was finally going to get included in more conversations, and then it just, maybe they were kind of giving him the runaround. <laughs> maybe they were kind of giving him the runaround, but they, were, he, they never gave him any kind of actual, okay, we're going to keep doing this after the Randall Cobb trade, and, and they just didn't do it. So it's just another example of the way they do things, and, and I, I don't know what else to say at this point. No, there's really not much else to say. I mean, this is a very weird time of this season because we, we still have the draft coming up, you know. We're not in the complete dog days of the NFL offseason, but just this weird, like, it'd be different if Rodgers was not on the team anymore or if Rodgers was retired because then we'd know what the cap implications would be because that's a whole other, other part of this trade, dude, we didn't even talk about. The Packers might be eating more of this contract than we think they will. They probably will be doing that if it means that they give a, they get a first-round pick in return because it sounds like that is what the holdup is right now. But, you know, there's just so many unknowns about everything. Just this entire offseason has been so strange. And this trade, I cannot remember, first of all, a team trading for a player on this expensive of a contract. I don't know if that's ever happened. I can't remember a quarterback of this caliber being traded. Seriously, when has that ever happened? I can't remember that either. Russ, not the same. Stafford, not the same. No, those guys have never even. Know. Those guys never received MVP votes and got yeah, and they needed three new times the compensation too. we're going to get for Aaron. Rodgers. They got extended by their new teams. That was part of why they got traded. Yes. So not only is the other team paying him, they're also paying a worse quarterback to come in and play, who is not anywhere near as talented and has never had the MVP seasons. And we get it. Yes, Russell Wilson's younger. Matt Stafford is a little younger. I think both are legitimately worse than Aaron, and I think the the quality of the quarterback should make up for the length and time he may or may not play, because that's an uncertainty. The certainty is the quality of the quarterback, and I think that we, in reality, we should be getting multiple first-rounders for this player if we're going to move for on. For Aaron Rodgers, yeah. I mean, and then if we end up do, if we do end up getting a conditional third and a second or something stupid like that, then there's going to be even more question marks about the extension, the extension last offseason because not to mention, that would have been the biggest lost value of all time. Not to mention only getting a first and a second for the world's best wide receiver in the NFL. I mean, That's the, another the, one that that's, frustrates me. You can't get two first-round picks for a player I mean, of that come caliber. Come on, man. Come for on, Devontae you pathetic Adams. piece Ugh. of trash. <laughs> oh, man. For Devontae Adams, man, I, I would have wanted... I definitely would have won. We got pick 21. Pick the fir- 21st overall. Are you kidding me? Hey, we got Devontae Wyatt. Well, he's going to be good, but he wasn't playing last year. They didn't even play him. No. We want to replace him right away. So what did they do? They draft two defensive players in the first round with their two first-round picks. <laughs> yeah, that's enough. That's enough for us today, Ron. We're going to get off here. A little short pod today, but... We just had to touch base with the listeners and each other, I guess, on the microphone to talk about what has transpired. We will be back um, soon to talk about if this Rogers trade does end up actually happening. We're going to be back. We're going to be talking about the draft a little bit more as we go into Af- as we go into April. We already have watched a handful of prospects, but we're going to be watching more. Comment below. DM us or uh, email us players that you want us to watch. Maybe maybe some smaller guys that we may not have heard of. But we're going to be doing some more film work more than we already have so far and it's going to be fun next month once we finally know where the Packers will be drafting how many picks they're going to have what their cap situation is going to look like because we are still Packers fans and we're going to be sitting here talking about how this team can succeed in the future and in 2023 as well and Jordan Love he's working out with Aaron Jones today 
love Jordan Love. The human being is a great guy, and I'm happy for him that his opportunity has finally uh, has finally risen. But as for everyone else in this organization, <laughs> I have my complaints, certainly. But that's going to do it for us today. So thank you so much for listening to the show. If you liked it, you can rate it five stars on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you are listening. You can share it with your friends and family. You can follow us on Instagram at Today in Town. I am on Instagram at All Day Packers. I almost said I'm at Lambo Leapers, which... I wonder how many people think I am Lambo Leapers. But Braun is at Lambo Leapers. You can follow him there on Instagram. And we will be back shortly, so thank you so much for listening. Go Pack Go. Thank you for listening, everybody, as always and forever. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.